You are listening to audio from Calvary Chapel, Monrovia. For more information, please visit www.ccmonrovia.org. Well, as you know, we are going through this summer series in the park and entitled Encounters with Jesus. And we're taking a look through various areas of the, of the New Testament, mainly through the four Gospels, and just kind of selecting certain events in the life of Jesus certain encounters that Jesus had with individuals. We've looked at the, wim- the woman at the well when Jesus met her. We, lo- we looked last week at the man in the tombs. And today we want to take a look at Jesus calling Peter and some other fishermen. If you have your Bibles with me, take a look with me in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Now we all know about the apostle Peter. He's quite a character in the New Testament, quite a uh, an outspoken individual, a bold guy, a, a leader of men. He goes on to become really a, a great leader in the early and New Testament church. But Peter started, and when he first met Jesus, he was really he was just a fisherman in this small town located on the Sea of Galilee, which is kind of a large lake in Israel. And Jesus comes to that city, Capernaum. He begins to start his earthly ministry there, he begins to teach in the synagogues. And this was common for the culture. The rabbis would come and they would lecture in the various synagogues. And Jesus became one of these traveling teaching ministers. But Jesus taught in ways that they had never heard before. He taught, the Bible says, with such boldness and with such authority. And not only did he teach, but we also know that he he ministered to the people by performing many miracles. Many were healed demon-possessed, were set free, Jesus really kind of lighting up this uh, Galilean coast of the Sea of Galilee there, and so many crowds pressing in to see him. The word is spreading. Jesus is kind of based in this town on the north end of the Sea of Galilee, a town called Capernaum. This is where Peter and his family lived, John, James, Peter's brother Andrew, and they were in the fishing business. And so Jesus has, has a relationship with these men. He's not yet called them officially into the ministry with him. They're still just fishermen, and they're just friends of Jesus. They're kind of acquainted with Jesus. They travel with him on occasion, but they're not fully engaged yet in the ministry. And so this is where we are in the story of Luke chapter 5. Pick it up with me. Jesus is now getting ready to teach there on the shoreline. Verse 1 of Luke chapter 5, And so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Lake of Gennesaret is just another term, another reference for the Sea of Galilee. Verse 2, And Jesus there, he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got one, He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Simon is another name for Peter. Simon would be renamed Peter by Jesus later on in his ministry. And he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So you kind of get the picture here. Jesus is on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, and the crowds are beginning to gather. He's preaching the word of God to them. 
And the crowds are gathering, and as they gather, you know how it is. Sometimes crowds, they just kind of inch forward. Someone wants a better seat, someone wants a better view, and they kind of slide in in front of the other one, and then somebody, and pretty soon Jesus is backed up to the waterline. And you know, there's a couple of boats there. The fishermen have already fished through the night, and the boats are there. So he gets into one of the boats. He gets into Peter's boat, and he says, Peter, come with me. Push out a little bit from the shore, and I'll sit in your boat, and that, you know, that'll put a little distance between me and the crowd, and I'll continue to minister. So that's the setting. Peter is there, and he's helpful. Uh, again, Peter's not yet been called officially into the ministry. He's still a fisherman. He's just been fishing that night, as we'll see. But there is a relationship. Jesus has already begun a, a type of fellowship with Peter. And this is often the way the Lord works, even today. You know, it, it's not like you wake up one morning and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit announces in your room, I have a calling for your life. Come to Jesus. It starts typically in some kind of a relationship. Jesus had a friendship with Peter, a relationship with Peter that was developing. And, and so it is as we, as Christian believers, as we become the, the witness of Christ in our generation, to our community, to our workplace, to our families, you know, this is the way that the Lord works even now. It's not like you immediately come up to, to your family member and say, hey, you need to repent and receive Christ. You have a rapport. You have a relationship. Peter's been watching Jesus now for many weeks. Peter's been kind of getting to know Jesus. He's, begin, he's beginning to see the, the miracles that Jesus is doing. And so it is in the Christian faith today. So Jesus is still working that way. He's introducing himself into communities, into relationships through his people. And so you're on watch when you're in the workplace, just as Peter was observing Jesus as he kind of started his ministry. Do you know that people are watching you when they find out that you're a Christian, you're a professing follower of Christ, they're kind of have their eye on you? Oh, this guy calls himself a Christian. She calls herself a believer. I'm going to just see how she handles the work setting. I'm going to see what goes on when, when they have problems in their family. I'm going to see, you know, just how they live. Are there, is there any real unique difference? You know, we had uh, the, the women's fellowship was at my, my house here in the backyard. Tony had, you know, all the ladies over for a pajama and movie kind of marathon. How many ladies were there? Okay. <laughs> so we've been having some events at our home. You know, we, we don't have a, a facility that we can meet at all the time. So we've had various prayer meetings at the house. We've had choir rehearsals at the house. Choir rehearsals are kind of cool. You hear in the neighborhood, you can hear the choir singing these worship songs through the neighborhood. Anyway, we have a neighbor who lives across the street, a woman that just is part of the neighborhood. And, you know, she, Tony was out kind of getting things ready, setting up cones for parking and things like that. And, and she came out and she said, hey, what's going on at your house tonight? <laughs> she said, well, we're having this women's, you know, Bible study and, and we're going to watch a movie. We're going to have, a, you know, barbecue and eat popcorn and sit around in our pajamas. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm always hearing music from over there, and, and everybody's always so friendly. You guys always seem to be having a great time. Can I come? Well, sure, you can come. All right. So she came, and she enjoyed the evening with us. But you see, it, it, it's just, again, that kind of natural relationships that evolve into opportunities for a spiritual connection. 
And that's what's going on with, with Jesus in this fisherman community. He's ministering. He's preaching in their local synagogue. Now, Jesus, of course, the miracles made him very unique in his ministry. But Peter and his brothers and, and some of his business partners in the fishing business are just really being drawn to Jesus. And that's kind of the setup here. And we want to see now the actual calling that Jesus makes on Peter's life. Pick it up with me in verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for from now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Jesus finishes up his preaching on the shoreline. And the crowd begins to disperse, and Jesus and Peter are in the boat. He says to Peter, Peter, let's push out a little way and, and you know, let's fish. And Peter says, Jesus, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a teacher in the synagogue. I know you were a carpenter's son, but let's leave the fishing to me. I'm the fisherman. This is what I do for a living. We've, we have just finished, uh, you know, toiling all night long. You know, the fish don't bite during the day. You know, th this type of fishing is best done at night. And guess what? We've caught nothing. Fishing is just not good today. How many of you know that sometimes fishing is good and sometimes fishing is just bad? And no matter what your bait is, no matter what kind of technique you have, when there's no fish, you're not catching. So Peter says, you know, I really don't think this is going to be wise. I think this is going to be something of a waste of time. But nevertheless... At your word, we will do this. Simple instruction that Jesus gives to Peter. And of course, Jesus is, is up to something more than just fishing, isn't he? Peter is beginning to work in, into Peter's life. Jesus is looking to, to really touch Peter in his heart. Jesus has a calling and a purpose for Peter's life. Jesus has plans for Peter that Peter hasn't even thought of yet. A plan that was made, the Bible says, that God's made plans before the foundation of the world. God has unique calling and purpose for each and every life. For Peter, his days of being a fisherman were about to end. Jesus had another plan, and this was the day, this was the moment that Jesus was going to call him into full-time ministry. Now, not everyone is called to full-time ministry, but all of us are called to some purpose and plan of God relating to his kingdom and his work. 
And Jesus says, Peter, let's do this. And he's, of course, looking to bless Peter with a catch, but he's also looking to reveal himself to Peter. He knows that Peter has been fishing all night and caught nothing. He knows that Peter has his own confidence about fishing. Jesus is wanting to move into Peter's world and demonstrate that, Peter, I have command even over the fish. I have, I have something that I can do even in the world that you are so confident about. I can move in ways that you, knew not, you know nothing about. Jesus is looking to reveal himself to Peter to reveal himself as, a, as the divine son of God, to show himself strong, to demonstrate his love, his power, his interest in Peter's life. The Lord wants to work in Peter's heart. He wants to work in Peter's life. And I want to say tonight that God has not changed his desire to work in men and women's lives. God wants to work in our life. God wants to, to show himself strong on our behalf. God wants to get involved even in the very things that, that you think maybe Jesus, you know, I don't need your help here. I know how to fish. I've been doing this for a living. I know what I'm doing, Jesus. I'm not looking for you to help me in this area. Jesus is looking to be involved in every intimate area of our lives. And he's wanting to work and he's looking for availability. He's looking for faith. And he's looking for obe- obedience. A little bit of a test, Peter. I know what I'm asking doesn't make sense to you. I know that what I'm saying, you know, in the natural seems kind of ridiculous. But will you trust me? Have you learned enough of me so far? Have you seen enough of who I am to know that if I'm asking you to do something, if I'm directing you a certain way, you can trust me, that I have something good in store for you? Well, Peter's response, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And and Peter does as we all do when the Lord taps us, when we sense maybe the Lord wanting to speak to our heart or direct our lives. We all immediately kind of look at our own resource or we look to the circumstance. No, Lord, that's not going to work out. No, Lord, you don't understand that. That's just not the way uh, things go in my family. No, Lord, you don't understand that won't that won't work in my job. Now, that won't work in, in, in my situation. That won't work in my marriage. That won't work in, in, in the things that, that, you know, you better just let me manage the best I can here. And Jesus is pressing. And Peter responds, as I say, we all many, many times do. We look to ourselves. We look to our circumstance. And oftentimes this keeps us from the plan that God has. Bob, uh, the, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Here's what the Lord, I believe, is doing in Peter's life. He's, he's, he's finding Peter in a moment of weakness. He's, he's fished all night and he's caught nothing. He's also finding Peter in a time of fatigue. We've toiled all night. We're exhausted. And God is looking to show himself strong in the midst of Peter's weakness. Do you think that maybe it was the Lord who kept the fish from from swimming into the nets all night long? Do you think that the Lord had something to do, kind of creating this situation, readying Peter and his fishermen partners for what he wanted to demonstrate because God wanted to work? Sometimes we imagine when things are, 
are lacking or we're, we're fatigued or things are hard, that somehow God is really letting us down. It may be that God is getting ready to work and God is positioning your heart in a place where you're going to be ready to hear from him, where you're going to be ready to look to him so that when he begins to move, so that when he begins to demonstrate his grace in your life, you're going to know, just as Peter did, this is the Lord. This is God working in my situation. And I believe that Peter is being set up by the Lord because he wants to bless him. Peter was fatigued. Have you ever had that feeling like, Peter, Lord, I've toiled all night. I don't know what else to do. I've spent myself on this situation. Maybe you've had an impasse. Maybe you have going through even now a time of lack. Maybe nothing that you're doing is working out. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe things aren't going as you'd hoped. Maybe as even as you imagine Jesus uh, had promised. But maybe God wants to meet you in this situation. Maybe this is a time that the Lord is looking to draw you out in faith to, to, in order that he can meet you in a new and deeper way. That's what's going on with Peter. Jesus is looking to draw Peter out so that he can do a deeper work in his life. And so, Peter, in this, in this sense, he passes the test. Nevertheless, Jesus, this makes no sense. I am, I am beat tired. We've done this all night long. I know fishing. This is not a good idea. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, I have to say in my own life, there have been times that God has brought me to that kind of a place where I have just had to say, Lord, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't completely understand why this is going on and and why you seem to have me in this situation and why you've put me to this moment and and I sense you asking me to, to do this. Nevertheless, at your word... I will walk in obedience. Listen, Christian, you're going to have those times. You're going to have those times when you're weary and you're fatigued and you're, all you're going to have to go on is the word of God in your heart. You're going to know that the Lord has put you here. You're going to know that the Lord has spoken to you and you're going to st- have to take a step of faith and that faith is going to be manifested by obedience. And so many blessings are found in those small steps of obedience. Peter's nets are filled to the breaking, two boats almost. This is the biggest catch they've maybe ever had in their fishing career because of this small step of obedience. I look in my own life. I remember just being a a troubled teenager and how God brought me out and small steps of obedience. God began to work in my life. I remember at a time when I was a backslidden Christian and repenting and felt condemned and felt useless to the Lord. But small steps of obedience, the Lord began to use and work and bring blessing into my life. I can remember even in times of trouble and trial within family, trouble with children, trouble with health, trouble with finances. And I don't know what's going to happen. How's that, how am I going to work it out? But I have found that just taking those small steps of obedience... God meets me and God begins to fill the nets. God begins to work in circumstance. To Peter, it seemed like a complete impossibility that he would catch anything, but God was working. 
I remember even when we came to plant a church up in Monrovia some 11 years ago. I thought, Lord, this is, this is the craziest idea you've, you've had yet of all the things you've asked me to do. I mean, who's going to come? Who's going to come back? Our first service was on this very stage in this park. We had about, oh, maybe the first two rows. <laughs> Thanks for the rest of you showing up. It took us 11 years to find you guys. <laughs> but small steps, the Lord begins to work. You know, what's Jesus saying to you tonight? Is there a step? Is there something that you, you need to say, Lord, nevertheless, at your word? I'm going to obey you in this area. I'm going to surrender this. I'm going to go forward with you. I'm going to trust you. It doesn't make sense. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm worn out. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's a family situation, a work, some kind of a, of a, of a step of faith that God is, is leading you to. Maybe you don't even know the Lord in a personal way, but you, see, you sense him beckoning you even now. Tonight, you're in the park. Can you say with Peter, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will let down the net. I will step forward in obedience. They were astonished at the catch of fish. Now, for professional fishermen to be astonished, it had to be quite a catch. The power of God is being manifested. This is not a normal catch. This is not a coincidence. This is God's power manifesting right in before their eyes. And I think the Lord wants to continue to work in his power. The Lord wants to reveal himself. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord roam the earth looking for hearts that he can show himself strong to. God wants to work and demonstrate his power in your life, but sometimes we're just too distracted or we're not willing to, to say, nevertheless, at your word, Lord, I will obey you and find those things that he has. More than just a blessed fishing trip, Jesus is up to something else. Jesus is doing more than just trying to fill their nets. Jesus is trying to reveal something of himself. He wants them to understand, guys, I'm more than just a teacher in your synagogue. I'm more than just uh, kind of someone that's become a friend to you and your families. I am the Son of God. I direct even the fish, the miracles that you've seen, this miracle that you're seeing before you now. This is who I am. Jesus is revealing himself to these men and specifically to Peter. Peter Peter knows it. Peter knows that what he has just seen is nothing less than a divine hand in his life, and it breaks him. Peter at this time, now again, from, Peter has already seen Jesus perform miracles. He's been listening to the teachings of Jesus for some time. But in this moment, something breaks in Peter. This is the first time we see Peter this strong, kind of rugged leader of men, fisherman, uh, you know, just kind of outspoken, bold kind of fisherman. But in this moment, Peter falls to his knees and he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Something about the divine, something about the clear clarity of who Jesus is opens up Peter's heart before God, and he realizes, just as Isaiah the prophet, when he saw the vision of the Lord, he said, oh my God, I'm undone. When we see Jesus, when we see the Lord in a more clear and full measure, 
The first response is the, is the sense of who we are before him. Peter has this humility. That's his first response is, Lord, I'm a sinful man. You are, he calls him, O Lord, you are God in the flesh. You are divine. You are heaven visiting me in this moment. And I am not worthy to have you on my boat. I am not worthy. I'm a sinful man. Jesus, you don't understand. You've kind of warmed up to me. You're working in my life. You think that I'm, you think that I'm somebody that should be here with you. I'm not. I'm not qualified for this. I'm just a fisherman and a pretty rotten person in, at, at to boot. I have issues. Have you ever had that kind of conversation with the Lord? Lord, you have the wrong person. I, you don't understand. I have issues. I'm a sinner, Lord. Depart from me. But Jesus didn't come looking for men that were righteous because none are righteous. Isn't it interesting? Jesus, the Son of God, he's assembling his team. These are the men that he's going to build the early church on and the foundation of the church of which you and I are still partakers. He doesn't go to any of the Hebrew universities. He doesn't look for any of the, you know, the advanced scholars of the day, no Pharisees, none of the, the, you know, the, the, the Sadducees, those who were just you know, completely walking around important in the religious circles. Who does he go to? Fishermen. And not only just fishermen, but guys like Peter, guys with issues. And Peter knows it, and Peter's heart is broken before the Lord. And it says something about Jesus. It says something about the heart of God. You see, Jesus is, isn't looking for men that are self-righteous. The Lord is not looking for hearts that are proud and feel worthy of his presence. God is looking, Jesus is looking for hearts that are honest, and they know that before God, all of us are sinners. Can't we all say what Peter said? Jesus <laughs> I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. Lord, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a person whose life has trouble, and I don't know what you can do with me. I don't know how you can use me. This is just who I am. And Peter says, Jesus, you need, you need to leave. I can't handle this. But, but something is going on in Peter's heart. He calls him Lord. Peter comes to faith in this moment. Peter believes in Jesus in this moment. And Jesus, Jesus says to Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Peter, don't be afraid of your frailties, of your shortcomings. God's not condoning. He's not saying it's okay. Don't worry about any of that. He's saying, listen, I'm here to work in your life. I'm here to forgive. I'm here to cleanse. I'm here to make my plan and purpose come to life in you. Jesus would go to the cross. Jesus would pay the price for not only Peter's sins, for all the sins of the world. All the sin that you and I have committed, all the sin that we deserve judgment and punishment for, all of that was placed upon Jesus, and he took it, took the penalty for that at the cross. He was righteous, he was sinless, he was perfect. But he took your sin and mine and Peter's. He paid for it at the cross that we might have forgiveness, that we might have eternal life, and that we might become children of God, useful to God in the work of his kingdom. Jesus is speaking prophetically to Peter. Peter, your life is getting ready to change. 
You've been a fisherman. But guess what? You're going to start catching men. Your life is now going to become linked with me. And you, through me and my grace and my calling upon your life, you are now going to begin to catch the lives of men and women unto salvation. You're going to become an agent of mine. You're going to become one of my fishermen, not catching fish, but catching souls for the kingdom. You're going to be a witness for me. You're going to be a bold apostle for me. All of this, Jesus sees it. Peter's just in the boat, you know, like, you're blowing my mind, Lord. I can't handle this. Jesus said, Peter, don't be afraid. And I would say the same thing to our hearts tonight. Listen, we don't need to be afraid of God's plan for us. We don't need to be afraid of of the things that God has for us. Listen, Peter had no idea. Do you think you and I would be talking about some fisherman that lived on the shore of the Sea of Galilee 2,000 years ago had he not met Jesus? Had he not come into the plan and purpose that Jesus had for his life? And see, this is true for all of us. The, the, The maximum use of our life is the plan and purpose that God has for our life. Now, not all are called to be apostles. Not all are called to to give up their career to follow Jesus in some full-time measure. Some are. But listen, all of us are called. All of us are purposed for God's eternal work. You remember last week we saw the man that was delivered there in the gatherings. Jesus said, no, I don't want you coming with me. You go back to your community, stay where you are, and declare the great things that God has done for you. Jesus didn't call all the fishermen. My guess is there were other fishermen who came to faith, and Jesus left them right there to be witnesses for him on the shore of Galilee. The point is, God has purpose and plan for each and every one of us, and, and, and Peter is discovering this, and it's not based on Peter's skill or ability or knowledge or, or anything that's in him. It's only based on the plan and heart of God for him. You see, it's based on Jesus and his love. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Their lives would never be the same. You know, I have to say that that's true in my life too. And those of you that know Jesus, I I think you would agree with me. Having said yes to Jesus has changed the course of my life forever. I can't even imagine where I would be today if it weren't for Jesus. I can't imagine. I don't know that I'd be alive. I don't know where I would be if it weren't for Jesus Christ. They left all, and that is the call. Now, again, some stay in their profession, but listen, we we all have to come to that place where we forsake all other passions, all other idols, all other loves, all other things for the call of Jesus. Jesus would say, listen, not just for Peter and these fishermen, but for all who would want to be my disciples, you must be willing to forsake your own life that you might come to the life that I have for you. There can be no competing passion in your heart. It's Jesus, all or nothing. And Peter and, they, and these men, in this moment, it's time for the ministry, the next steps that God has for them.
in their life. It may not involve a career change. It might. It may not involve a a, a radical course correction in your life, but it might. But it will certainly require a heart decision for Jesus that is forsaking all other loves, forsaking all other passions and desires. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want what you have purposed for my life before time began. I want that to be accomplished in my life and through my life. Jesus was doing something in these men. Jesus would be, was getting ready to do something beautiful through these men. And you know the story. Their lives would become these beautiful expressions of ministry for the sake of the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, as we close here tonight, we are, Lord, I hope that our hearts are are challenged in some ways, maybe encouraged in some ways, and just enlightened in some ways. Lord, we see Jesus. We see him interacting on a very personal level in these men's life, specifically Peter. And Jesus, I believe that you are still active. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still working very personally in our hearts and in our lives. I know you are with me, and I believe you are in all who will listen to your voice and to all who will give heed to the message of your gospel. And as our heads are bowed here tonight, and we're just going to close with a song or two of worship, but just before we do, as we remain in an attitude of prayer, I want to give an opportunity for anyone that's here tonight that may need to respond to the word of the Lord. Maybe this glimpse of Jesus has moved you in some way. Maybe this truth of Christ has has enlightened you in a new perspective, something new, something that God has touched in your heart. Maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord in a personal way, but tonight you want to. You feel Jesus saying something in your heart. You feel Jesus calling you, will you come? Will you be my disciple? Will you let me forgive you and cleanse you? Will you believe in my love for you, modeled at the cross when I died for your sin? Because I've risen and I'm alive in the same way that I worked in Peter's life, I want to work in your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like Peter. You're ready to come to your knees and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I don't want you to depart from me. I don't want to be afraid. I want you to come into my life. I want you to make me into that individual that you've called me to be. Maybe that's your heart tonight, and if it is, I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to rededicate, recommit your life to the Lord. You know the Lord, you've come to faith, but tonight... You find yourself, maybe as Peter was feeling, Jesus, I've been toiling all night and I've caught nothing. Things aren't going well. Lord, I've lost hope. I've lost faith. Lord, I've, I've deviated even from my walk with you. I'm, I'm, I'm really not serving you. I'm not walking in close relationship with you. But I sense you calling me to, to yourself here tonight. I want to humble myself as Peter did. I want to return to you. I want to rededicate and recommit my life to you. I want your plans and your purpose being accomplished in my life. Maybe that's your heart tonight. I'd like to pray for you too. So if you're here tonight 
You want to receive Christ? Or you want to recommit, rededicate your life to Christ? I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand where you're seated, and I'm going to pray for you. Anybody here tonight? God bless you. A hand there. A couple hands under the tree up here up front as well. Anyone else? The Lord is speaking to you. Holy Spirit ministering to you. God bless you. I think the Lord's speaking to some more of you. Just going to wait a moment before we sing and before I pray. Anyone else? The Lord's drawing you to himself. Another hand there. To my right, okay. God bless you, sir. We're just going to pray, but how important it is to acknowledge that you need this prayer. Just before I pray, anyone else, just raise your hand high. Let me see you. And we'll close in prayer. God bless you there in the center. So, Lord, for these hearts responding to you tonight, I pray that you would meet them. Jesus, what stood out to me in this, these verses was just how deeply personal you loved Peter and how committed you were to just working with him where he was, not asking him to become somebody he wasn't, just meeting him where he was on his boat, in his world, and saying, Peter, I love you. I've got plans for you. I've got a purpose for you. Don't be afraid. And so, Lord, for these hearts responding with raised hands, I pray that you would meet them in that way tonight. I pray that they would come to you just in honesty and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Peter was. I am. We all have been. We all are. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me from my sin. I believe that you love me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you have a plan and a purpose for my life, specific, unique to me, something you've crafted for me. And I want to discover it. I'm asking you to come into my heart, come into my life. I'm asking you to come back into my heart, Lord. If those that need to just recommit, Lord, I am, I am leaving it all and following you. I am setting it all aside, all these other things. I want you to be Lord. I want you to be first. I want you to be my first love. Cleanse me, come into my life and change me. I want to walk in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Calvary Chapel, Monrovia. To view and listen to more sermons, please visit www.ccmonrovia.org.